You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Come join us now in the studio with Michael Card, who's not here, but I guess he is here, but really you're in England right now, Mike, because we record these ahead of time. And I'm looking at the date of the release of this podcast. You're in the UK. Yeah, we're going to do, first we're going to hike Hadrian's Wall, which I've wanted to do my whole life. Oh my goodness. And then we've we've got seven or eight concerts we're going to do in England. And, you know, I'm retiring this year, so this is my... Kind of my last in- tour of England. I've been going to England for thirty over thirty years, right. so it's going to be it's going to be a good time, and it's going to, but it's also going to be a sad time. Yeah, boy. Uh, well, yeah. you give me a lot to talk about there. Uh, Hadrian, yeah. Hadrian's Wall. Tell, what's the history of yeah. that? Yeah. Well, hey, Emperor Hadrian is that was the Roman emperor who decided that it was time for the em- Roman Empire to stop expanding. And uh, one of the uh, boundaries between where the English were and the Scots were, the Scots, of course, have always been a troublesome people. Uh, he instead careful, of careful. sending the so- <laughs> well, I was that that's my point actually. <laughs> um, but in, instead of trying to take uh, that, you know, that part of the the country. He built a wall seventy miles long across the most narrow s- segment of uh, e- England. And um, it again, I've wanted to hike that my whole life. We're not going to hike the whole seventy miles, I don't think, but uh, uh, I've really been looking forward to it. So we'll wow. we'll see. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I hope you're having a great time right now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I hope I am too. And it's kind of weird, sort of time jumping here. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Well, uh, speaking of time jumping, here's what's going to happen on this uh, this program, this podcast in the studio later. Buddy Green and Jeff Taylor, we're going to go back in time. There we go again. Mm, back in time yes. to uh, listen to these uh, these friends who joined us at the studio at Mole End for a very special time of music. That's coming up in the second half today. Mm-hmm. In the first half, we're going to return to your teaching from the Cove. You're going to talk about the favorite verse of Jesus yes. and the seven non-negotiables. You want to give us a little tease on what that's about? Well, I, you know, I, I love the idea that uh, Jesus probably had a favorite verse, of course, it was everyone's favorite verse in one sense in, in Judaism. You know, here, listen, Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Uh, so uh, I just find that fascinating. And there are three incidences in the Gospels where they someone asks him what the most important command is, and that's what he answers with. So I think we can make a good case for that. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, we'll hear yeah. your teaching that yeah. you uh, did at the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina, coming yeah. up in just a moment here on the program. And, of course, uh, we will have news about our featured resource, the CSB Translation. That's the translation we use here in the studio, and uh, we recommend that to you. So we'll have a word about that coming up and uh, some music in a moment. But here's a note from Beth, who says, It was wonderful to learn more about the recent outpouring at Asbury and the prayer support that community provides. Also meaningful to hear the conversation with Dr. Blackaby. That was one of our uh, archived conversations, especially his discussion of the Trinity and how he uses his understanding of the roles in his prayers. Thanks for a great podcast, Beth says. So mm. keep the comments coming. They really they really uh, help us uh, picture who's listening and where, and uh, really kind of keeps us rolling, Mike. Absolutely. All right. An important part of this podcast is your music. So let's turn to that now. This is the song, Don't You Know? And then we'll hear Mike's teaching from the Cove on the favorite verse of Jesus and the seven non-negotiables. One, two... Don't you know there's a place in the middle of your heart An empty place that only Christ can fill And if you bow your knee to Jesus and claim Him as your own Don't you doubt for a minute that He will Don't you know that He loves you Don't you know that He cares time in your life when you're really in between with people tugging you from every side and the pain of growing up 
is almost more than you can bear And all you want to do is run and hide But don't you see that now's the time When you really need him most He's waiting and he's calling to you still He only wants to love you And hold you in his arms And don't you doubt for a minute that he will Don't you know that he loves you Don't you know that he cares Don't you know that he died to save your soul And don't you doubt for a minute that he will Don't you know that he loves you Don't you know that he cares Don't you know that he died to save your soul And don't you doubt for a minute that he will Let's look at Jesus' favorite verse. Jesus' favorite verse. And there are three passages we're going to look at for this. His favorite verse is the Shema. The Shema is the, the fundamental statement of monotheism in Judaism. Uh, Orthodox Jew prays it three times a day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, the Lord is one. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and everything you are. It's kind of hard to translate. Um, so what happens is, these are the three passages we're going to look at. In, uh, in Mark 12, 29, a friendly scribe will ask Jesus this question about what's the, what's the most important commandment. You know, I translate it, it's as his favorite verse, the most important verse to Jesus. In Matthew 22, 37, a less friendly Pharisee asks Jesus, and Jesus will respond with the second half of the Shema, but it's still the Shema he's quoting. And in Luke 10, 25, Jesus asks a scribe, What's the most important one? The scribe responds with the Shema, and Jesus says, you're correct. So it comes up in three different ways, but every time it's this verse, Deuteronomy 6, 5, okay? So uh, let's, let's look at them. This is Mark 12, 28. Let me make sure I'm, yes. Mark 12, 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, so this is a friendly scribe, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? That's a very standard question. They argue about this all the time. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, and that's the word Shema, and I have heard that a better translation is really listen. That's what the word means. Not so much hear, but listen. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Achad. He's one. Great statement of monotheism. And the second half is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It's an interesting rendering of that. The second is, is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And that's, sidebar, that's a really interesting way of looking at the Hebrew mind because with our Greek minds, we're thinking, wait a minute, he said what's the most important and he answered with two. See, in Judaism, there's no problem with that. The most important are these two. And in our Greek minds, we, we're more mathematical. We, that bothers us. So don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. What's the most important? Well, it's these two. Um, well said, Teacher, the man replied, you're writing saying that God is one and that there is no other one but him. To love your neighbor with all your heart and all your understanding and all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifice. Um, my note says, loving is more important than doing. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So again, my answer to the question, you know, when you ask Jesus, what's the most important command or what's your favorite verse? That's how we would ask. He responds with the Shema there. And so that's, that's the first example. Here's the second one. This is Matthew 22, 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, 
The Pharisees got together. Now, what's happening now? These are the trick questions. They're trying to trap him in his answers so that they can have a basis for accusing him. And, and they eventually uh, have to make up something because they can't, they can't trap him in his words. He's too smart for them. So they, they eventually make, make something up and uh, charge him with this. Hearing, this Jesus, hearing that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the second half of the Shema. Okay? But still, it's the Shema. Um, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. One again, they ask him what's the most important, and he gives them two. Here's the final one. This is uh, Luke 10, 25. And this is the preface to the parable of the Good Samaritan. It, it's this question about the most important commandment. Okay? Verse 25. Um, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test him. Teacher, he asked, what must I do? It's just a different occasion. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's the wrong question, right? Is your inheriting eternal life based on what you do? No, it's the free gift of God, right? So it's the wrong question. But it's a question that comes from his world. They're asking these, themselves these kinds of questions all the time, trust me. What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? And that's typical rabbinic debate language. How do you read it? How do you read it, okay? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That's the second half of the Shema, Jesus' favorite verse. And love your neighbor as yourself. So he gets it. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. It was going so well, right? If he just said, thank you, have a good day, I've got to go do something. What happens? Verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Oh, boy. And so now Jesus will tell, and we've got time, we'll look at it. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, this, is, uh, the, the, this is the Talmud, um, I can't even pronounce the, the tractate, Shibi'eth 8.10. He that eats the bread of Samaritans is like the one who eats the flesh of swine. Everyday prayers are offered in the synagogue that the Samaritans might not receive eternal life, might, might not partake in eternal life. And interestingly, in 951 in Luke, Jesus has just been rejected by the Samaritans. So the Samaritan, that kind of question is now sort of in play. Okay, So he wants to justify himself. He wants to know who's my neighbor. And essentially, Jesus is going to teach, your neighbor is the person who needs you. Who's in need? That's your neighbor. Okay. Uh, in reply, oh, one more, one more thing. Um, this all fits together so beautifully. So the, the response is always, that, and the second is like it, love your neighbor. And one of Jesus' new innovations is that we're supposed to love our enemies. Well, the point of this parable is your neighbor is your enemy. So what do you do when your neighbor's your enemy? You love them. <laughs> okay, so that's the point. But it's just so elegant. It's so beautiful. So in reply, Jesus says, um, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of men of violence, robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Now, we read that, and we kind of grumble. The first hearers of this parable said, of course, a priest isn't going to stop and help this bloody man. Why? He's unclean. I, you know, of course. Okay? And just another quick sidebar. One of the major themes in Luke is Luke is very interested in radical reversal. So the people who should, do, should get the gospel never do, and the people who shouldn't get the gospel always do. 
The people who should do the right thing never do the right thing. The people who shouldn't, the sinners and tax collectors, they always do the right thing. It's radical reversal. Luke is very interested in that. To be poor, I mean, to be rich, you should be poor. To be wise, you become a fool. To become adult or mature, you become a child. So, uh, and he, pair, he likes to pair his witnesses like that. Okay, so priests happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed by on the other side. Uh, my note says the law lists, the oral law, lists five sources of ritual defilement, and touching a corpse is on the top. Okay. So, um, so, so to a Levite. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity he had Hesed. He showed him Hesed. See, this man has no right to expect anything from the Samaritan. What does he get? Everything. You know, he patches him up, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the hotel, pays the bill, says, I'm going to come back later. You know, Hesed is always over the top like that. Okay. So he had Hesed. He felt Hesed for him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him, the next day, he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper, look after him. He said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Way over the top. And here comes the question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of rob robbers? My note says, the scribe had the correct answer in his head. Jesus tells a parable that moves the answer from his head to his heart. Okay. So the expert in the law uh, won't say Samaritan, so he uses a circumlocution. He says, the one who, had, who showed hesed, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Hosea 6.6, 6, I desire hesed and not sacrifice. Okay? Uh, let me give you my list of the non-negotiables, because another question that I, I ask of the life of Jesus is, what is what's, what's non-negotiable? Uh, for you. And let me just give you the list. I have seven things on the list. And they're, uh, they're prefaced by, a, they're prefaced differently, but I would still say they're all non-negotiable. The first one is prefaced by the statement, you cannot be my disciple unless you do this. And there are only three of these, and they're all in Luke. And, uh, we're, and they're actually all in Luke 14. So that, we're going to look at Luke 14. I, I saw Luke 14 in my notebook. I thought, why is that there? But I put it there this morning. So here are the three things that Jesus says you can't be my disciple unless. The first one is Luke 14, 26. You can't be my disciple unless you hate your father, mother, children, brothers, sisters, your own life. I have to be the most important thing in your life or you can't be my disciple. And that's non-negotiable. Okay, You cannot. Uh, Luke 14, 27. You cannot be my disciple unless you take up your cross. Be willing to die for me. Die to yourself, die. Uh, Luke 14, says, you cannot be my disciple unless you say goodbye to all your possessions. That's non-negotiable, okay? Here's the, number four is prefaced by, you cannot enter the kingdom unless this happens to you. So I still say this is non-negotiable. John 3, verses 3 and 5, he says, you must be born again. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> This radical transformation that in us that only God's spirit does, that has to happen to you or you're not going to enter the kingdom, right? Um, number five is in John eight twenty four, and it's prefaced by, if you do not, then you can't enter the kingdom, okay? Um, verse uh, eight twenty four says, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins, so that's non-negotiable. You've got to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, which of course makes perfect sense. If you don't believe, it's not gonna, there's no salvation for you. Okay, here's two, no, here's one that's prefaced by the statement, you must, and it's John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, you must love one another. You must love one another. That's non-negotiable. And then finally, this is Matthew 7, 1. Jesus says, do not judge and you will not be judged. So if you, 
non-negotiable. You, you can't judge people or you will be judged if you turn it around. Okay, so that's, that's what I came up with for you, you must. Okay, so let's, let's look at the, the three you cannot be my disciples that are in Luke. And it starts in Luke uh, 14, 25. This is a warning to the crowd. And, and large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Hear that traveling with Jesus. Nine, nine to 19 is the travel narrative. And every couple of paragraphs, as they were going along, as they traveled through the city, Luke keeps reminding you that he's going to Jerusalem for the last time. Okay? So you'll, you'll kind of tune your ear to that when you're reading Luke 9 to 19. So... Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, here's the first one, does not hate his father, mother, his wife, and children, his brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone, second one, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. We would say, anyone who doesn't strap himself into the electric chair and flip the switch can't be my disciple, same sort of imagery, ex public execution, okay? Suppose one of you wants to be, so if, if, if you take this seriously, then you need to count the cost. This is not, I'm not inviting you to a picnic on a green lawn. This is gonna cost you everything, and so let's, let's talk about counting the cost. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost, which means we must be faithful to proclaim the cost? to other people, um, to see if he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. And this is a, that's a quote from uh, Arian, the manual of Epictetus 2.9. And I don't know what that date is, so I don't know if Arian's quoting Jesus or Jesus is quoting Arian, but I do know there was an Arian heresy, so I think Arian is quoting Jesus. Or suppose a great king is about to go to war against another king. Herod Antipas had just lost a war. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still long, a long way off and ask for terms of peace. In the same way, and that's parable language, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has, non-negotiable, cannot be my disciple. So that, that's uh, some non-negotiable language. I, I think that's a really good question, actually. There sits Simon, so foolish and wise. Proudly he's tending his nets Then Jesus calls And the boats drift away And all that he owns he forgets But more than the nets he abandoned that day He found that his pride was soon drifting away And it's hard to imagine The freedom we find From the things that we leave behind mindful of taking the tax and pressing the people to pay but hearing the call he responded in faith and followed the light and the way and leaving the people so puzzled he found that the greed in his heart was no longer around and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find the things that we leave behind Every heart needs to be set free From possessions that hold it so tight Cause freedom's not found in the things that we own It's the power to do what is right With Jesus our only possession then giving becomes our delight And we can't imagine the freedom we find From the things that 
Worshiping goods we possess But Jesus said Lay all your treasures aside And love God above all the rest Cause when we say no to the things of the world We open our hearts to the love of the Lord And it's hard to imagine The freedom we find From the things that we leave behind to imagine the freedom we find from the things that we leave behind. One of those classic songs from Michael Card, Things We Leave Behind. Thanks for your teaching today, Mike. We uh, have enjoyed this series from The Cove, and it will continue, of course, here in the studio with Michael Card. Uh, Here's another listener comment from Jane. This one says, I am currently listening to this podcast. I agree with you that we get in touch with God when we perform an act of hesed, because when we do it with the intent of kindness only, it makes us feel wonderful, filled with joy. Mm. Mm. I believe these acts are inspired by the Holy Spirit. I have experienced this many times. It's super beautiful. It is as if something extraordinary inside of us comes alive that is dormant the rest of the time. Thank you so much for all that you do, music, books, podcasts, etc. And it's signed Jane. Well, that's a really good insight on uh, on the the what it feels like to do Hesed because it really does make you feel wonderful. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Thanks, Jane. Now, as we said, you are in the UK as this podcast is being heard everywhere is heard. Yes. But since you are in the UK, uh, this next note comes from the United Kingdom. Yeah, so I'm really trying to wrap my head around this. Right now, I'm in England, even though I'm sitting in Franklin right now, and I'm reading something from a guy in England. I don't know. This is, uh, my head's about to explode. So let me just read this. Um, He says, uh, and this is Dave. Dave says, thanks for yet another great show. I'm reading George Guthrie's book, Read the Bible for Life. There's a realization that my prayer life has been fairly basic, flat, due to these podcasts. Over the years, you've mentored me from early days of the radio shows when I used to record onto CD to be able to pass it on to my best friends and listen over and over myself. As ever, just to thank you uh, all for this ministry over the years. Your music has always inspired, but your friends and topics that are presented via the radio and nowadays podcasts are such an aid to me. And that's uh, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for that encouragement, Dave. We appreciate it. Not the first time we heard from Dave. So we appreciate his patronage very much. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that, of course, on social media, our Facebook page, or you can email us in the studio at michaelcard.com. And of course, Mike's website is michaelcard.com. Check that out for the schedule of what's ahead in Mike's life and much more. Coming up, we're going to hear from Buddy Green and Jeff Taylor. Very special time. Here's Michael with a word about the Christian Standard Bible. I like new Bible translations because they help me see new details in the text. That's why I was so excited to be a part of the CSB translation team. The careful attention to original languages from godly scholars has made a version of the Bible that I use. Visit csbible.com and explore the variety of options available to get this fresh translation into your hands. And when you order, receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. Just type card 40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and a great discount. So many study Bibles and editions designed to make God's Word accessible in your life. I hope that you'll discover for yourself new insights as you read and study with this new Bible translation. Find a copy online when you visit csbible.com. We're back in the studio for hymns and prayer songs with Michael Card, Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, starting with Revive Us Again. Mike? We 
the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for the Spirit of Light who has shown us our Savior. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. So good to hear that song again. And to look over here, Buddy Green's playing lead guitar and vocal. But to look over, did you were you guys watching as you played, Jeff? No, I don't look at anybody else but what <laughs> I'm doing. Best not to. Jeff is playing the accordion and the penny whistle and occasionally turning to, to the piano as well. So and Michael Card playing bazooki. And Buddy Green is pulling it all together like the <laughs> mystical force. Like gravity. You, you you pull us all together and we all sort of we orbit around you musically. It's cool. We should really play, pray for the Holy Spirit now, don't you think? Yeah. We should pray we, for something. We're in dire need. This is all we've got. Oh, it um, is so good to hear that song yeah, again. Isn't that a great song? I, I love that. Of course, that's part of my Baptist upbringing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, when I heard it growing up, it was, 
Hallelujah, thine the glory. Old three four, you know, which I love still. But uh, stride over there, stride piano. (laughs) (laughs) But turning it, you know, giving it a different time signature, kind of, you know, lets it breathe, updates it a little bit. Mike, you know, this is on Buddy's CD, Mm -hmm. hymns and prayer songs. Ooh. How about that? That's like marketing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's done this before. Is that what that is? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put my little oar in the water. It's a great CD. And, yeah. and we got a whole new generation that knows nothing about hymns. That's true. We yeah. played at a church in Baltimore last month, and I played Just As I Am, Nothing. Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners. And this is a, a thriving church that's really happening. Yeah. And, and they have all kinds of new music, but... Yeah. We're we're old. <laughs> well, you know, Jesus, you're so old. You're coming Jesus back. Jesus, what a friend for sinners! How can you have church without Jesus? What a well, friend I'm, for sinners! I know, and and you know, I love the new music, but there's something about hymns and and even new hymns that are still being written. But I go out to California every year to this camp, and I play and lead worship out there. And because about all I know is hymns. You know, I'm so I'm way behind on the new music. So I'm playing all these hymns, and these these Californians are coming up to me going. Wow, great song. Where'd that come from? What, yeah. Your grandmother. Yeah. It's 200 years old. you got to add a dude to that, buddy. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. all the old people are coming up to me going, thank you yes. so much. Yeah. At last, a song I know. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, Roly and I did, did worship a couple of months ago in church, and it was the same thing. We just did hymns with guitars, no, no overheads, and it was hymns that everyone knew. And the young kids came up and they said, how did you do that? Yeah, right. How did you? The worship. We've never experienced. Well, no overheads, and everybody knows the song. Well, and you have to you have to memorize a few more than three or four lines to <laughs> yeah. get through the song. But you Careful know, some, now. you've some, gone from preaching to meddling now. No, buddy. but hey. some of those songs, some of those old songs, they really they take you on a journey. You know, uh, whether it's a theological journey or just a theme of praise. Uh, you know, I think of a song like "All Creatures of Our God and King," yeah. and it's just timeless. Yeah. I'll never get tired of singing that hymn. Well, we'll talk more about hymns and prayer songs and the CD that's available in a few minutes. But you guys got to keep playing here. We can't let the music stop here. <laughs> uh, buddy, what are you reaching for down there? My harmonicas. Keeping them handy, you know. You're never far away, are they? No. Harmonicas and hymns, it just goes together, don't you think, Well, let me, let me turn to Mike Card and ask him that question. <laughs> well, when you when you do it, buddy, they go together very well. <laughs> that, was a, that was a kind and, and, uh, and gracious, gracious. gracious. <laughs> right. What's the song? Uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, another great hymn, kind of an invocation of a hymn. You know, it's a a great little prayer. I I often, when I am asked to lead music somewhere, um, I often use this as just a good way to start a service, you know. Good. It's the prayer I need anyway. All right. Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, and Michael Card in the studio.
grace How great a debtor And daily I'm constrained to be And let thy goodness Like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it And prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, oh, take and seal Seal it for thy courts above Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Nice. Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, and Michael Card. If I asked you guys to do that the same way all over again, could you? I mean, you were... <laughs> no way. No, not in play. Not... Exactly the same, with the same mistakes and everything. Every He's time. a machine. That's That's right. Right. That's right. That was the banjo player talking, Michael That's Card, right. and uh, Jeff. You're playing that accordion and the penny whistle over there, and of course, Buddy, you got this whole raft of harmonicas in front of you here and uh when you started raft. that yeah. that's a good it's, name for it's it. like a gaggle of geese a raft of harmonicas oh a collective noun of harmonicas <laughs> but when you started come thou fount uh, you were playing in unison right i'm not a musician with, well, with jeff we had a little yeah well our, i was it, being the left hand actually of a like a like a you a don't know where the accordion organ. begins and where the harmonica stops well they're, they're kindred instruments you know they're yeah. both reed out of tune instruments. <laughs> no, no, they may, their distinctive sound is being out of tune. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are a little out of tune. That's yeah. how why they sound the way they sound. Behave yourself, Michael. That's yeah. true. You're, this is you're, the, ban- you're the banjo out of player tune. here. If you open mine up, it's it's basically a giant a uh, couple of giant harmonicas in there. You can actually open them up, take the reeds out, and blow on them. Yeah. So it's where he has a billows on the left side where he's going back and forth and. Welcome to Accordion wind. Talk with Jeff Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And hey, all I have to do is just be a, have a lot of hot, <laughs> yeah, hot air. Yeah, you just know. leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, the song you just heard and the earlier song, Revive Us Again, are yeah. both on the, the Hymns and Prayer Song CD, right, yes, buddy? Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of acoustic folk treatments of these old hymns. Um, although we did get a little jazzy here and there. We, we, we brought in Kirk Whalum's saxophone Ooh, on a couple of songs. Uh-huh. And, Kirk's that been nice. on this program, hasn't he? Kirk uh, Whalen? Yes, yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit eclectic, but but for the most part, it's uh, it's sort of folk treatments of those of those hymns, and from a lot of different traditions. That's the great thing about hymnody, you know. Everybody's got a tradition, uh, you know, and and usually one tradition doesn't know what the other's doing. You know, <laughs> I was at an Episcopal church two or three weeks ago, and they played this song I'd never heard. This old hymn, it was gorgeous, and. Uh, been meaning to get back to him and say, where can I find find a recording of that? But it was uh, just beautiful. And same thing happens when I go in any different tradition. I'll always hear new hymns. And so there's a little bit of that going on with this record as well. Yeah. I love the the feel. It's like a, almost a church camp kind of thing that I grew up mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, years ago to hear these hymns again. So mm-hmm. Jeff, uh, we haven't heard you weigh in about the value of hymns too much here. Oh, dude deep in my heart and that's that's why i i go to a church now where a, a lot of what we do is hymns and uh i've got a couple of done some piano hymns cds before yeah, that's right. and yeah. and uh actually this project is the project that i met buddy on oh that's wow. right yeah well i'd met him before but it's the first time we actually got to work together yeah, I knew I wanted uh, the accordion on these songs because, you know, they did, you, like you say, it did feel like you were kind of around the campfire. And, yeah. And uh, so I'd seen uh, Jeff play with the Time Jumpers, this great Western swing group here in town, and just he was the best I'd ever heard on that instrument. So I uh, called him up and got him to come down, and we had church yeah. in the studio and that And he's day. a brother was, to boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. It okay. is. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep a lid on that right now. Mike, Mike wants to rein things in. He somebody's going to be. He hates the warm fuzzies. Somebody's you know? going to be crying here in a minute. It's going to be me. Yeah. I don't want it to be me. It is his name on the show. So. <laughs> I love you. Guys. Well, yeah, just yesterday, Mike Card and Ashley Cleveland and myself were at our church playing hymns and <laughs> yep. having a great time. Now, why yep. are you laughing? It was a very difficult experience for me. 
but a glorious one. Let me tell you, I, he was my utility man. Yeah, I, I tried to do what Jeff usually does. Okay, well, he did great. Let great. me tell you, he was playing. He played this nice, quiet piano, which he's so good at, you know, and Be Thou My Vision. And then he rocked out, you know, for a while there. He went to an African-American church here in town, you know, and he was using He was pulling yeah. on that. It was coming out. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> And he was playing bazooki and banjo. He, he rocked the house. Let yeah. me tell you. Thank, well, I wish you, I'd been there. Thank <laughs> you. No, but it was the sort of thing, buddy goes, uh, you know Come Thou, or was it Come Thou Fat? No, it was we Be did? Thou My Vision. Be that, you know Be Thou My Vision, don't you? Know, I played it five years ago on, on a record. <laughs> I go, well, no. And this is like five minutes before <laughs> thousands of people are walking in. So, uh, keep, keeps you humble, Mike. Well, he it's did a, great, It's too. good for me. Buddy's a great encouragement. I'm teasing, but Buddy's a great encouragement. And Jeff as well, to, to try to love music again and not be so utilitarian about it, which is where mm. I tend to go. So oh. thank you guys. I'm teasing a lot, but thank you. Yeah, in all seriousness. Well, Jeff, thank you Jeff all. and I are going to do a record together like this too, with bazookies and accordions and do hymns. All right, that's the deal. All right, we want to be like Buddy. Well, <laughs> you can do better than that. You need to aim higher. <laughs> oh. For anyone who wants a copy of the CD, wow. hymns and prayer songs from Buddy Green and Company, Mike, you're not on there, are you? Uh-uh. Yes, he is. Oh, is he? Yeah, you played on uh, "Shall We Gather at the River." Oh, played that's it. right. In fact, yes. you, you played harmonium while your daughter Kate put pressed the, the bellows. Pumped no, the bellows. I don't remember that. And you played piano on that and sang. All right, cool. I'm looking at the clock. We got time for another hymn. You guys got one more yes. in you here in the studio sure. today. Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, and Michael Card. What uh, What are you going to choose to sing here? Well. This is a song that has almost disappeared from modern hymnals, or hymnals even the last 50 years. But it was a hugely popular hymnal back in the early 20th century called Bringing in the Sheaves. Oh, yeah. And it's based on Psalm 126, which is a great psalm of the ascents. And, uh, and it has the final thing. It says, those who sow in tears come back rejoicing, bringing in their bundles of sheaves, you know. So most people don't even they no, bring you, it in the sheep. Yeah, what are you talking unless you about? Grew up on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great image. I remember when Bill Lane was laid to rest. There was a big bundle of uh, a sheaf of wheat with a Scottish tartan wrapped around it, lying on his coffin. Yep. It was such an image I'll never forget. Yeah. And there's the Empty Hands Fellowship behind him. I mean, you're talking about. Coming in rejoicing, bringing in your she's, having mm. gone out sowing seeds in sorrow. I mean, it was just wow. This is the, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. So I I love songs like this that that help us keep that Old Testament imagery alive. All right. Unfortunately, this will be our last one for uh, this program, but the CD is available. Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, and our host Michael Card bringing in the sheaves. One, Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness, sowing in the noontide and the dewy, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Shall come rejoicing, bring it in the sheep. Sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the shadows, fearing neither clouds nor winter's chilling breeze. By and by the harvest and the labor ended, we shall come rejoicing, bring it in the sheaves, bring it in the sheaves, bring it in the sheaves. Shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Sustain our spirit often grieves when our weeping's over, he will bid us welcome. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. 
bringing in the sheaves, yeah, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, oh, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, yeah, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, oh, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. How can you not be smiling listening to that music? I remember that day, Mike. That was great, huh? Well, I've been on the road with both those guys, and those are two, probably the, the two most fun musicians uh, I've ever worked with, not simply because they're two of the greatest musicians in Nashville, but uh, yeah, they just bring a real joy. (laughs) And I think you're right. I think you hear it in that, in, uh, in these songs. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Green, Jeff Taylor, sweet, two sweet guys. Well, before we leave today, earlier, we had a great example of how you present the details of of the scriptures and Jesus' life to us uh, with that teaching at the Cove. Do you want to yeah. wrap things up with a final thought about those non-negotiables? Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I think it's really important that we uh, we love Jesus. His favorite verse, the Shema, uh, teaches us that the best way to love God is to listen to him. Here, listen, Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, everything you are, that sort of thing. And so we, we love God by listening to Him. And when we listen to Jesus, uh, the, to the details of the things He says, the, the way He says things, the way He repeats Him, He repeats Himself a lot. Hmm. Uh, and, and one of the things I was interested in are, you know, how often does Jesus say, okay, if you don't do this, you can't be my disciple, or if you don't do this, you can't enter the kingdom. And uh, that's what I came up, uh, I found seven things. Um, you know, you can't be, be my disciple unless you say goodbye to all your possessions. Hmm. You can't be my disciple unless you take your cross, uh, take up your cross. Um, you can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again. You know these uh, non-negotiables, and um, I, I just love seeing the way his mind works. Uh, and 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 I think most importantly, Wayne, he never commands us to do something until he's done it first himself. I mean, mm-hmm. he took up his cross. He left all his possessions. Uh, he, he, you know, he left his family. Um, he did all those things. And so, um, I don't know, he incarnates that, in, that obedience. And it's uh, one of the wonderful, wonderful things about his life. Yeah, such good thoughts from the scriptures today, Mike. Yeah. Learn about Michael's books and music at michaelcard.com. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link with what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com. The Bible is the foundation of all we do in this podcast, and we're happy to point you to the many ways you can read and study with this fresh translation in your hands. Explore all that's available for you and use the 40% discount on CSB purchases at LifeWay. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with all caps and no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. And join us again next week for another podcast edition. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr.